0: Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I am your host, Viz, and today we are joined by Martin Harris, who has appeared in the la- latest season of Stranger Things, Better Call Saul, and is now in Amsterdam, which is currently playing in theaters. Martin, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling great and uh, happy to be on the show.
0: Uh, we are very happy to uh, to talk with you. And let's get, you know, started. Uh, I was looking over your credentials on IMDb, and you started out in 1985 as a young actor, and then you took this break uh, and returned back to the screen in 2008. Uh, In that time period, is that when you really got the passion reignited for you for acting?
1: So here's the thing, uh, like the credit that I have on MDB from 1985, I believe it's a mistake and uh, I've emailed them many, many times about it uh, because I was like seven years old at the time I lived in East Berlin and partially in Poland and my, with my father who is a professor of history of arts and I was thinking I'm going to be a professor of history myself. So, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't do that one, but everything after 2008 is, is pretty much me. However, I'll tell you this. I, uh, when I was 15 I started a heavy metal band and for three years I thought that will be my future and then it didn't happen. And then I took a break from let's so, so-called artistic life uh-huh. and then it came back to me and, and in a form of acting, yes.
0: Okay, great. And if you want, you know, I have tons of experience of IMDB. If it is, if you do want it off, I can get it off there for you. Just to let you know. Yeah, I can definitely get it off there for you. Now, you have uh, worked uh, as a consultant. You've done some voice work as well. Mm -hmm. Do you like to keep yourself flexible and experience the different facets of the entire entertainment industry?
1: I do. I do. Uh, In the past, I would say I... I too much, too many things, you know, not just in the entertainment industry, but overall I wrote books, I, for for 15 years I was a sports broadcaster before I even started acting so I've done a lot of different things now I see the benefit of those experiences in my acting life because I have a lot of things a lot of things from my past I can refer to and build, mm-hmm. you know, from, from that type of experience, but now I just focus on the entertainment industry, I would say acting and, and voice acting, those are my two main things, but, uh, but I've also written two, two scripts. And, and, I also have a concept of the TV show that I'm, that I'm pitching right now. So, so that side of me, is still there. Nice. Uh,
0: so like we said, you appeared in the latest season of, Tra- uh, Stranger Things. You were a uh, prisoner alongside David Harbour, who plays Hopper. Now, uh, walking onto that Stranger Things set. Being a massive Netflix show, what were your impressions?
1: So, at the end of 2020, which was a very tough year, because I just finished shooting Red Notice in Atlanta, and the next day we had pandemic, and I don't work for like six, seven months. Um, I, I remember I was having my New Year's uh, wishes, New Year's resolutions, and I wished myself to be on uh, Better Call Saul and Stranger Things, and so, and both things actually happened. So, nice. So, if people don't believe in the power of New Year New Year's Eve wishes, can say <laughs> it works. It works. So I went to Atlanta to shoot Stranger Things right after I finished Amsterdam. So I finished Amsterdam, and then I got uh, I got an email from my agent that I got Stranger Things, you know, which was incredible because I was a huge fan of the show, and um, it was extremely secretive. They didn't tell me anything. I was getting uh, sites for the scene we're shooting the next day around 10-11 p.m. previous day. Wow. And we were through a link that only one person can download, pretty much. You know, so they were very, very secretive. I couldn't tell anybody I'm on Stranger Things until it aired. I couldn't put it on my uh, websites. I couldn't, couldn't make it public that I'm on the show. But at the same time, uh, what an incredible adventure. And because of it was in the middle of pandemic, it started with uh, long quarantine I were quarantined for like two weeks in a hotel in Atlanta and then we we're shooting um, fifth and sixth episode then they added the seventh episode uh, in the middle of me shooting the f- fifth and sixth episode uh, which created a little bit of stress because I was already booked on the gray man and now I started you know worrying if I will be able to make it to the gray man. <laughs> luckily enough I flew like when I finished my last day on Stranger Things I flew out of Atlanta with the last plane, which was 11 p.m., and I was doing my fitting 7 a.m. in Long Beach the next day.
0: Wow. Well, you know, that's a good type of busy to be. Uh, So all those Russian scenes in the prison, they were all shot in Atlanta?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. From that that arc, yes. But I know that some of the scenes they did in, I think, second episode or even part of the third episode, which is his... First time in the prison where the character played by Tom Vlaska is is the, still the prison guard, and if mm-hmm. he gets imprisoned, he's yeah. with us, the prisoners. I think some of it they shot in Lithuania before pandemic.
0: Okay, the, so yeah. were a lot of the scenes just inside of a soundstage? Is that where you did the primary shooting?
1: No, they built the whole prison in Atlanta. They built Jeez. it. In, it was, yeah, yeah. It was it was the whole the whole set was just for this Russian for this Russian uh, arc. Uh, the, there was plenty on different stages. There was, there was like the full prison, and they had uh, cells, and, and they had this yard, and, and they had uh, the, the tunnel, and uh, they had the guy who played the demo organ. He was a very tall guy in a green suit. Um, yeah, it was every, everything was there.
0: Now, the the scope of such a production, uh, like you just mentioned, and then the set design, the costumes, the amount of personnel that must have been there uh and you've been on some pretty notable shows has stranger things been one of the most impressive sets that you've been on for you in your opinion
1: yeah absolutely as also because of my uh of my length of being on that set we were there for for pretty much two months it was march and april 2021 so you know you you build friendships you build relationships with people you also come to the same uh place every day and that makes it more of an experience uh, you know when you are two or three days on the show or you know a week on the show and and everything is uh, you know you go through your lines you go through your character you shoot and then you come back here uh, there was enough time to experience the whole thing and and uh, going you know from from one setup to another setup like the whole Storyline: the whole arc mm-hmm. of being in the prison with with David and Tom uh, until the until the bitter end for myself.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that sounds so exciting! So, like I said, you are currently in Amsterdam comedy drama, currently in theaters alongside a very impressive cast. Now, for our audience that has never heard of Amsterdam, tell us what the movie is about, basically.
1: So now I I, I finally can say more about it because when i went to the premiere in new york i haven't seen it yet and because you know knowing from being on set how much was changing pretty much hour to hour not only day to day with with david russell who was the director Mm -hmm. incredible incredible director i always dreamed about working with Uh, but he was changing a lot of things he was throwing a lot of improv lines to actors changing the storyline while shooting you know so i I didn't really know a lot of answers i was asked before the premiere but now I know because I finally saw the movie I think it's a it has a very sentimental value mm-hmm. I think it has a very strong and positive message at the very end uh, it has tons of humor and some of those actors uh, are just so extremely funny like Mike Myers is so extremely funny in this film
0: oh man uh, he's, he's a-
1: incredible.
0: he's been a funny guy for a very very long time he is definitely talented now whenever you're on a set regardless of size and budget whether you're acting consulting doing voice work are you always trying to learn and continue to hone your craft
1: yeah that's that's extremely important part and uh you know it's it's funny because i I had a chance to work with some incredible actors like you know see them at work, like Colin Firth when I did The Staircase, or, or Christian Bell when I did Amsterdam, you know, and for me, those are the moments I can learn the most, you know, from masters like that and I observe that the greatest, the best actors in the world, they never stop learning, you know, they mm-hmm. constantly work, they work even harder than I would say a lot of working actors, I'm talking about the, the greatest actors. Yeah. I just saw an interview with Christian Bell and, and he said that he was looking for inspiration for this for his character in Amsterdam and he one day he saw saw some, this random guy walking through the streets of I think downtown LA and, and he started imitating his walk and his movement and he used it for the film and he says, I've never talked to the guy, I never met the guy after that, and but I borrowed something from him for for the character. And this is extremely inspiring inspiring to hear that. And I remember from the set from shooting Amsterdam, a, a Christian Bell. And I never seen anything like that. He was in character even during the lunch breaks. Wow. I mean, you normally, but he would talk with the mannerism mm-hmm. of the character. And he would walk with the mannerism of the character. And, and what, a, what an incredible human being.
0: Wow, I did not know that. Going back to David O. Russell, the director of Amsterdam, the way you described him, you know, really uh, last-minute changes. Uh, as an actor being directed by, by David... Was that, did that make it more challenging, uh, not knowing what you're going to face when you went on the set every day?
1: For me, it was actually an adventure. Uh, I don't know why, but after seven, eight months of sitting at home during the pandemic, and now I'm finally in a, on set with some of the greatest actors in life, I was just so extremely excited to be there. That for me it was an incredible adventure. Like, I, I've never felt that way before or after that. You know, it was more than a job. It was something else. It was a different experience. And um, and and I'll tell you one thing about David, you know, like actors love him. Yeah. Love him.
0: Yeah, I've definitely heard that. Now, your biography states something interesting. It states that Kobe Bryant played an important role for you and acting. Elaborate on that.
1: You yeah, know, I was thinking about it. it's. It's been 22 years when I think of of me knowing Kobe Bryant because we met at the All-Star Weekend in 1998 and then I had the chance to have a final little conversation with him like three weeks before he had this tragic accident. And uh, back in 2007, I came to LA for a few weeks. I was, I just turned 30 years old and Mm -hmm. I was very successful sports broadcaster and uh, I could, you know, I was... I could have stayed doing that for the rest of my life, but something inside was telling me that that this is not really the, the path that that I should be you know following uh-huh. for the rest of my life. And, uh, and I asked Kobe like, what should I do? Should I stick to what I have to play it safe? or should I, should I do something crazy and start something from the scratch, start something new in a new city in, in the most competitive, probably business mm-hmm. you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And he said, "What is your heart telling you?" And I said, my heart is telling me to try. He said, always follow your heart. Wow. And, and and I remember that the day when he died, it took me like three days. of I was really, I was really, I suffered, you know, a lot after yeah. that happened because he broke a lot of memories and he was sort of a mentor for me, you know, like a distant mentor because we only had conversations a couple of times a year, uh, each year, you know, but but he was an important, important figure in my life and then I remember what he said and, and back then in 2020 I decided to just focus on acting and, and pretty much stop doing anything else and I was doing a few other things like producing and hosting comedy shows, still writing and I just focused on acting from, the, from that day because it's like that's what he, his advice was, it makes perfect sense and I need to listen to him and I need to what, know, do it.
0: what a great story, wow uh and no regrets right no regrets in following you? no that's Absolutely. what i thought now 100%. now you uh going to the to the staircase you learn journalism for that role uh is that typical do you do a lot of research depending on how big or small the role is that you have
1: yeah whenever i can i try and whenever i do actually it pays off so i should do it every <laughs> single time uh, sometimes you, you're being, uh, you have a, like last minute audition or you have tons of auditions for one day and it's difficult, but uh, but I know from my experience, whenever I do that, I, it's, it's always working. I, I had a bunch of different projects and, and characters from real life that, you know, that I had to make sure that I do my research, that I read, that I watch documentaries uh, or even, you know, um, in the real life, you know, yeah. when you play this office, it will be good to go to. The police station and see how they work how they you know how they behave in in normal circumstances when they get to work when they leave work when they go for lunch how what are their interactions between each other what are their interactions with strangers you know it's it's and and, and listen you know like whenever you get a chance to to work with someone great like christian bell or robert de niro or, uh-huh. because i consider myself a character actor for me michael Stuhlbarg, michael shannon are kind of Blueprints of what I want to do moving forward, you know, in, in the latter years of my career. Yeah. Whenever you have a chance, you learn from them as much as possible because those guys are really committed to yeah. the crap. Exactly. Really to the
0: craft. Exactly. And no, you know what I've learned by talking to so many actors is, no matter how big or how famous or how popular, everybody has self doubts at any given moment. No matter how big you've made it, everyone everyone is their own worst critic in a way. Now, if you were to compare the European entertainment market to what it's like in the United States, do you right now see there's more opportunity uh, for you acting in Europe or is it here in the United States for you?
1: So I started here. I uh, built myself from, from zero, from, you know, in my first year, just going to classes and then going to sets as an extra as a pa <laughs> to the point where i can work as an actor and i never had a chance to work in europe uh yet a so, uh, couple of times you know i i got close uh, last year to get a to get a job in the united kingdom but because of the brexit that complicated things yes yeah. now now i need a visa to work there in the past I, I wouldn't need to so so that complicated things hopefully hopefully in the future i'll be able to work in in, in uh, england because i really love what they're doing there and i have a great agent there, and uh, and I hope, hopefully that will that will happen. Um, I would say from in Poland, where where I was born, I think the business is different in that way that it's uh, financed by the government in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So the films, I think, they don't have to be successful in the box office, mm-hmm. and it's it's also. Uh, I would say a very small group of people who are in the show business comparing to to here and i think the way you're building you're building your career is different here than there because there i think actors go to like a four-year college like acting, yeah. acting university and then after that they're being hired full-time in theaters and then they have agents who pitch them for film and TV jobs. So it's a it's a different business.
0: It's a different world, absolutely. Martin, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing some of your stories. That Kobe Bryant story was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Uh, I want just a little programming note. Tomorrow we are headed to New York to be covering New York Comic Con over the following weekend. We won't be back on the air till next week. But stay tuned to our social media as we'll be bringing you guys live updates uh, from New York Comic Con. I want to thank our guest again today, Martin Harris, for an amazing chat. I want to thank our audience, those of you guys who have tuned in live, and those of you who will be watching this later on. Martin, do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go?
1: Yeah, I mean, whenever... Someone has a passion for something that and that comes from what Kobe said. I would say it's never too late. There are some actors who started working a lot in their 40s, 50s, and and they're very happy because they love the craft. I mean, I think what you know, what what even Kobe said, and what I'm gonna repeat in my own words is you know, whatever you love to do, whatever your passion is, just follow your passion, and then things will and you'll be happy in your life because you're doing
0: absolutely. I 100% agree with that, Martin. Again, thank you so much for coming on here and talking with us guys stay safe and until we meet up again next week stay walking bye everybody